What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. Before we crack into this banger with Jeff Booth and Greg Foss, I just want to say thank you to Shift Crypto and the Bitbox O2 for sponsoring this pod. If you haven't heard of it before, it's a really easy to use hardware wallet so that you can take custody of your Bitcoin, so that you can establish self-sovereignty over your money. That's what this is all about. That's what the Bitbox O2 Bitcoin only edition helps you establish. It's got a lot of great features. If you're new to the game, it's super easy to use. If you're more experienced, it's got a lot of stuff that I think you'd really appreciate. If you want to check it out and learn more, you can go to shiftcrypto.ch forward slash rapid fire for 5% off. Let's do it. We're live, gentlemen. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming on. Great to see you too. Are you going to tell people why you're not wearing a shirt? Well, I hope. Well, yes, I am. I'm hoping I'm not lagging too much here. You tell me if uh, if there's a, a lag, but I'm in the jungle in in Costa Rica right now, so uh, it's a little too humid for me to be wearing a shirt. And if you hear any like fuzz in the background, that's the fan that I got right next to me. So, you know, adjusting to uh, to tropical climate, trying to stay in freedom land. You guys, well, actually, you guys, Jeff, you've probably been granted some freedom recently. Foss, you're, I think, still under the under the regime are you not well i'm sorry jeff i i i am actually out of the quarantine period if that's what you're referring to um I'm, I'm, i mean like the lockdowns throughout the different provinces no, of Canada. it's pretty good ontario's opening up um quebec where my pubs are is is almost fully open if you look on the uh in the streets right now they're not letting everyone in the forum or in the bell center but the streets must have ten thousand people ne- right uh, right next to each other you know so it's a bit of a you know, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. NBC is open. Totally open. Yeah, it's now. It's now. I think we're in wave three, so it's. Uh, uh, so it's 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 open. Awesome. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. You know, I think the best place to start, and again, like I was saying before, we can take this anywhere we want, but I'd love to get each of your impressions on the conference because, I think. I mean, I think a lot of people had a phenomenal time. I'm sure. Guys like you who were recognizable had people coming up all the time and thanking you and wanting to talk to you and all that jazz. So, Jeff, why don't you tell me what the conference was like uh, for you? Um, you know, and John, John, you know this, and Greg know. I would I consider us all all friends, uh, even though we became friends through Bitcoin and and a lot of this. But uh, but but walking into that conference i I, it it was a feeling i actually can't even describe it was uh it was i came away thinking is this what humanity looks like with uh with hard money is this where and and, and, and seriously it was just i could i couldn't name somebody i couldn't think about one time that i didn't love the conversation i was in um it just just unbelievable people all around and so that that sounds a little crazy i know there's good and bad people in any community and everything else but 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 i couldn't find one like i just it was just it was people i really could relate with and i and i just i couldn't believe how great a feeling it was walking away and from that yeah how about you boss uh same thing you know um it started on the first day i on the thursday when it wasn't quite as crowded as uh as you know, the Friday when they had this six hour, at least three hour wait to get into the to the place. But on the Thursday, uh, I walked into the into the front uh, gate, and there was a lovely uh, lady who says, "I know who you are." And I'm like, "Okay, why are you looking for me? Because like I I have to pay a 
a ticket or something. And she's like, no, no, I love following you on Twitter. I'm not allowed to take a, a picture with you, but would you mind taking a picture of us together? Because I guess she was, so she came all the way from California. She was a mother of one or two children. I'll have to look it up, but at, at least one uh, uh, daughter. And she just loves Bitcoin so much. She wanted to be at the conference on the other coast. She paid on her own nickel and uh, she was a volunteer and she was staying at a hostel in order to be able to afford uh, being the volunteer at the, at the, uh, at the event. And I took a picture with her and I'm just like, wow, this is unbelievable. And it just accelerated from there. Guys, I have to tell you the most exciting people that I have met that I'm in touch with. And Jeff, we're going to do some big stuff with these guys, Canada and the kids from Guatemala that seek me out and they wanted to do, uh, they, they work with an exchange in Guatemala called the Ibex. And since Guatemala is so close to the El Salvador uh, border, I think it's about a three-hour drive at most. Uh, they've been basically uh, recruited by the El, Salvador, El Salvadorian uh, Bureau of Commerce to go in and help uh, the adoption of the Lightning Network in, in El Salvador. So these kids are... They, they already had the exchange working in, in Guatemala. You remember they were they, they wanted to call it Bitcoin Lake yeah. and around Lake Atatila in, uh, in Guatemala. Well, now all of a sudden with the El Salvador announcement, they're in high demand. They believe that they have five of the foremost experts of perhaps maybe only 100 in the world that truly understand the capacity and capabilities and potential you know roadblocks if you will or or lack of advancement of the lightning network to be able to be implemented in a in i, I believe it's 30 or 60 days in el salvador it's been man mandated so so like these guys are working right there on the ground boots on the ground so just as jeff said from from start to finish meeting these people being on stage with you guys was unbelievable uh i have to admit i missed i like i had no idea this el salvador announcement was going to come and all I want to say is I really cannot believe that the world hasn't picked up more on that announcement where we were always looking for big companies to adopt Bitcoin. Well, all of a sudden, a country leapfrogged the corporations and corporate balance sheets. And I just think that's so significant. Uh, I think many people are missing that. Um, I know that, uh, that it's, it's tweaked some uh, politicians up here in Canada um, Jeff, I've been in touch with another gentleman who, well, Jeff and I, because we were on, on a conference with him, Ben Lobb, that, uh, you know, all these ideas that these, these politicians now are realizing, okay, maybe I can't ignore this as much, uh, anymore. And so I think that's really positive, but I'll concur with Jeff. I've never felt so energized meeting these people. Um, they give you, they give you confidence, uh, that, that, you know, there's so much good out there. So I'll, I'll call out guys like, you know, Pubby from, uh, Tampa, who's Tampa Bay lightning, uh, are whipping my Habs right now in the Stanley cup, but we, we haven't given up yet, Bubby. And, uh, you know, Greg's Greg's eye that these guys are just great guys that you meet on Twitter. And then when you meet them in real people, in real in person. And then so a final shout out to a fellow Canadian here. I just happened to put this on, but Jeff, there you go. You know that uh, our, our boys from Sat Street. So uh, uh, Nazer and uh, Mike Nazer and his, 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 his partner who were down there, uh, John Lister, 
they're doing some great stuff in the in the in the Canadian space. So a uh, shout out to Sat Street and long introduction, but thanks for having me, John. It's great to get the boys back together. Yeah, it's always great to talk to you guys. But I gotta concur with that. Like I knew it was gonna be special because everyone had been cooped up for so long and you know a lot had happened in those 18 months and everyone there was a lot of energy to come together and people wanted to meet each other and we all talk so often on podcasts and Twitter and stuff. But man, like like both of you said, I was kind of wondering, like, like Jeff, you said perfectly, like, is this kind of the inkling of what things are going to look like when this is pervasive throughout the whole world? Now, the answer is probably not to that extent or not that intensity because we interact so frequently and when it's so global, we won't. But, um, you know, like everyone was just what I loved is everyone was on the same page, like the same wavelength immediately. It's not like in your normal life, you kind of got to once you start a conversation with someone, you're out to dinner with a group of friends, you kind of got to get a sense for like where people are at, what you can kind of say and not say, where the conversation can hang, you know, where there's going to be a version. And there you just, everyone was just, as soon as you meet them, bang, you're, you're off to the races. And within, within 15 minutes of talking, you're friends. And then another 15 minutes, you're best friends, you know? And it was a lot of hugging, a lot of all that stuff. It was incredible. Um, and, and uh, Foss, what you were saying about the announcement, I think this is another example of COVID having accelerated things by like a decade. Like all these things, we thought there would be almost like widespread corporate adoption before there was any nation state consideration on that level, like a legal tender, uh, you know, adoption. But I think that's just another example of how the timeline has been accelerated so much. And then of course, after that announcement, Look at Latin America. I mean, we got politicians popping up all over the place in Latin America that are putting laser eyes on their profile pictures. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? How wild is that? That like these are the people that they see it, they get it, and it seems to be that they're working on integrating this thing, you know, in, in some way, shape, or form. I don't, you know, Foss, you can maybe comment on this, but I think Canada is probably going to be an extreme laggard here, just because, you know, those developing countries with uh, that are dollarized or that, you know, have less to lose or not G7, G20, that kind of stuff. They can get away with this stuff more easily. But what, you know, I don't, I'm not familiar with the guy you guys spoke to. Is he an active Canadian politician right now? Sure. He's, so his big thing is he's uh, a member of parliament uh, for the, uh, the federal government. Uh, it, the region's called Huron-Bruce. And Bruce area actually has Canada's largest nuclear reactor. And there are times when we actually pay Americans to take our power. We pay them. We don't just charge them very little. We actually pay them to take our power because you can't power up and power down a nuclear reactor, right? Um, and so his idea is like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Why don't we use that power to mine for Bitcoin? And I think it's brilliant. And I think we're a long way from getting that solution. But the fact that people are thinking about it, right, Jeff, is just is really encouraging. Um, I'll tell you the big thing that's happened for our business, Validus Power, is just this whole Chinese uh, crackdown on, on mining. And we, I'm not sure if you saw this, John, I doubt you did, but uh, Validus Power announced two gigawatts. So 2,000 megawatts we now have dedicated to Bitcoin mining in Canada, okay? Wow. And we've signed some public power purchase agreements with HUD-8, uh, but we, behind the scenes and under, you know, in negotiations are some other very substantial uh, contracts that, that actually could move the needle quite substantially in Canada. 
Um, am, do I give up? I, I, I said this, I may have said this uh, on that podcast with Jeff, but uh, I, I honestly think we may have to learn Spanish. Canadians may, may be wise to learn Spanish, okay, if we don't actually take some stuff seriously. And there could be a flippening of the G7 countries. Um, Canada is not that big, okay, like in terms of population, nor in GDP, and uh, a group of uh, Central American countries in combination would flip in Canada pretty easily. I don't necessarily want that to happen, but by the same token, I'm going to support everything I can to these guys in Guatemala that are trying to allow the uh, less privileged to uh, participate in a uh, in a uh, uh, recovery and a and a future that's that we all believe in. So, uh, Jeff, I think uh, you know I, I'll just say that um, you know I I haven't given up on Canada. In fact, I'm actually uh, I've seen some things that are quite encouraging. Uh, we have a, a mutually. Uh, I, I was out at lunch today with another guy that I just happened to meet. Uh, not at the conference, but who reached out to me that has a tremendous amount of experience in in the Caribbean with uh, pay payment processing, uh, a company called Island Pay, and he really wants to bring some of his expertise back to Canada. He's a local guy, um, and he tells me he's tapped into the Liberal cabinet. He actually worked in the Liberal cabinet, and you'd be surprised how many ministers in the Liberal cabinet are looking at uh, at Bitcoin now. So, you know, slowly then suddenly, um, I think it makes a ton of sense to uh, uh, help educate people. Uh, by the way, Jeff, just as an aside, he loves your book. He's an, a deflationist. He believes in, uh, in the same artificial intelligence changing the world. And his line that I'm going to borrow is, we are going to see 100 years of change in the next 10 years. And I actually believe that as well. Okay, so... It's up to our government to either uh, embrace it or uh, put their head in the sand because uh, there's no other alternative. We know the math just doesn't work any other way. Yeah, and and I think one of the things I, um, if you take El Salvador as an example and you think about what it looks like in other countries, even my, so El Salvador changed my base case for this. And now you have two different networks reinforcing each itself moving faster and faster and all the innovation that's happening and and you guys know i wrote that article the greatest game that tells how this all play out play out and, and in it i talk about a 10x advantage um and 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 bitcoin as a store of value provided a 10x advantage and that's where i thought it would grow and expand and even i missed and i think most people missed that that the the on top of that lightning is more than a 10x advantage in a whole bunch of other countries and so so that's accelerating now and i don't think there's nothing you could you're, you're going to do to stop that it's going to accelerate because it gives that advantage because they don't have anything to be able to to stop that so canada us every all the g7 that don't experience those problems um at least today um it's it it's going to be really hard to stop the world from embracing a technology that helps uh, that empowers them and so uh, so so yes there's going to be a whole bunch of and and what you're seeing is a byproduct of all the fud that's just kind of coming out china and everything else you're seeing a, a a we're going to lose the financial system that gives us control and so we're going to do everything and so that should be a sign to any freedom loving nation or any freedom loving person who remember, we elect our leaders, right? 
and the leaders can change we can change the leaders if you want freedom but 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 it is a it's it's a race right now for state control or free individual rights and freedoms and it's that big a deal all around the world and i think what's going to, ha going to happen out of this is um you can already see it it's early but but individuals will race to countries that empower individual rights and freedoms and the economies will thrive and what's what what greg's talking about is about the flippening of the G7 is exactly what will likely happen as a result of this. If it's if 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 the G7, G10, G20 are late to this. And and that that comment by that Mexican banker and I, forgive me if I get the name wrong. I'm going to say Ricardo Salinas, but I'm not positive if that who basically came out and called fiat a fraud like. Like I'm allowed to say that, okay? Jeff's allowed to say that, but a banker to say it. I'm well, I think he's, isn't he the richest man in Mexico? Yeah, exactly. It's the yeah, third, third richest. richest. Third, third, richest. third richest, okay. yeah. Did we lose you, uh, Foss? Can't really hear you. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, um, so he's the third richest. And uh, I, I guess, you know, he, he, that's that's pretty big for, a, for a, a banker to say that particularly. And one thing I learned today, and, and maybe I'm, I'm not giving the proper facts, but the, the gentleman I was out at lunch with, uh, who, who's had extremely, uh, you know, a lot of experience in the payment systems, and he, he founded a company called Carta, Jeff, which uh, got bought by Mogo, which is yeah, an app I, in Canada. I, I, know I know both of them. Do you? So he, he was Frank. It was, this guy's Frank S., okay? Frank was a co-founder of Carta. Now, he is very interested in, in starting a lightning node in Canada, and we talked about the potential to uh, integrate the Aboriginal um, you know, my business partner at uh, Validus is a, uh, is a is an Aboriginal, and uh, he believes that you know there's so much good that could come of uh, even bringing Bitcoin mining to the Northern Ontario communities. Uh, uh, some of the uh, benefits include being able to heat their greenhouses and pro provide them with leafy greens. In, uh, in you know, they they have a very high level of diabetes because they don't have enough. Uh, uh, their diet is suffering. So the point is, um, uh, look to Nicaragua, it's not Nicaragua, rather, uh, Nigeria. Nigeria, apparently, he gave me this information, uh, where they banned Bitcoin. Apparently, Bitcoin trades at a very substantial premium over the rest of the market. And the point is, even though the government has banned it, there are ways of processing the payment and onboarding it outside the borders of Nigeria. And then it gets reinserted back into the Nigerian ecosystem. This sort of stuff is, uh, is you know, an example of why fight it rather embrace it. Um, you're going to do nothing but set your best citizens back. I think Canada, I know of at least 25 fairly well-off Canadians that have left. And Jeff, you mentioned that you might leave at some point in time, if, if the system gets, uh, uh, you know, repressive enough. Um, I know 25 or so that have gone down to the, to, you know, the Caribbean, uh, various Caribbean islands to uh, uh, escape some of the, the Canadian uh, bureaucracy. And, you know, that's not good. That's just, that's losing your tax base from the bottom and then losing it from the top as well, where you're not embracing a revenue producing uh, uh, solution. Well, I met a ton of guys at the conference, Canadian guys and elsewhere, but a lot of Canadians who, like me, were when they left Canada to go to the conference, they left with the understanding that they were going to find 
kind of a new home somewhere. You know, here wow. I am in, in Costa Rica right now. And so, you know, because I think about Canada and of course you could elect, you know, people could wake up to the benefits of this. They could elect leaders that see it too. They could have more favorable policies toward all this and they could foster an ecosystem that could, could you know, compete for capital and talent and all that kind of stuff. But I just, I'm, I'm so bearish on, on Canadian politics and the decisions that are being made that I struggle to have your type of uh, optimism, Foss. So Jeff, are you, how do you see this situation in Canada? So again, this, is, this situation is a global situation. And, right. and and which will get worse what what could it just let's just argue the counter side of this what what could a government do right now to embrace where the world's going with technology and and kind of do a system change from the existing system because what they would have to do is admit the truth and the truth is we hide an inflation increase yeah. government spending and you buy it and you buy that your money should be worth less each year um, because we've told you enough times and we've made it true. So we're hiding the truth from you and we're making it worse and worse. And technology has changed the rules so we can no longer hide it anymore. And that's exploding inequality. And that's and and if we stop telling, if we start telling you the truth and allow deflation to take hold, it means the entire global monetary system resets. It come, collapses to the ground. So given that state of affairs, is it any wonder that they keep lying? Right. Nope. And it is, is it any wonder that the, the system just keeps reinforcing? There's a whole bunch of government that people in government that don't even know they're lying. They believe that inflation is required for a, for a productive economy as well. But, but they, you so believe your, uh, what you've said or read forever that nobody questions, wait, I personally want to look for value everywhere in my life. And every single person is making a rational decision, looking for their money to be worth more. How could in that event, every single global participant is looking for their value to be more that we can make it worth less and, and, and expect uh, economies to thrive. So that's what they're facing and they can't unwind it from the system. Yeah. And so it requires a system change. And that system change, I believe, and I've looked everywhere, I believe is Bitcoin and the earlier people get it. But, but what you're going to, what you're going to have is what you're going to have, John, and, and I, I think two things, two, two things at some time, um, hope wins, hope for a better future wins. And we know an existing system has to increase the, in, uh, the misinformation and increase the fraud and everything else. And these are harsh words or increase the theft and everything else. And we know that. And we know that because, they're do because of that, they're pushing prices higher and higher and many people are losing. From the prices that increased because the government created the price increase. So we know that the population is disillusioned and they're, they're, they're looking, they think that that's a free market economy, but it's nothing like a free market economy, but they're going to go, those, those people that are left out are going to go back to the same government or a different government that's going to hide the theft somewhere else and say, it's those people. So that's, we can expect more of that in all countries to come, but we can also expect 
that 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 what big that that should accelerate the knowledge of bitcoin and it should accelerate the people understanding bitcoin and saying i believe in freedom of the individual individual i believe in truth in markets and everything else and it should open up a whole bunch more positive leadership that is speaking the tr the truth that the system has no way of defending so that's why i'm hopeful because because every every kind of a structural change like this creates an opportunity to lead but what what you're seeing in el salvador is somebody saying um politicians saying wait we can use this as an opportunity to really lead for our people and people and people want to better hope for a better future and there, there's been no lies around that and everything else as far as i can see i mean i will see timing is but uh, um but but no wonder he's a popular leader and so, so, so other politicians around the globe are going to take this message, and say, and say, or or people that aren't politicians yet that say that that want to lead from hope for a better future, and and you're going and, and there's essentially to use a Canadian metaphor, a, a Wayne Gretzky metaphor, they're going to skate to where the puck's going, and this is really easy to see where the puck's going. You'd have to be blind to not see where the puck's going. Yeah. So the big. First of all, that's what makes the announcement so special, because as you're saying, very few politicians, particularly leaders, are willing to, even if not explicitly, but in Bukele's case, it is fairly explicit why a change is needed at the foundation, which is the money. You know, he's pretty explicit about why Bitcoin is better than the, the fiat system. And that, I mean, that alone is such a massive shift in, well, nobody expected that, right? now. He is in the category of people who's not giving that much up by doing so because they're dollarized, right? So they didn't have those monetary monetary policy levers that they could pull to, you know, to execute or to to consolidate power or whatever, right? And so I think that's that's probably going to be the case: is that the dollarized countries, the 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 countries that don't have much to lose by adopting another currency, will probably be the first to do so. You know, the ones one 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 more quick ad there. Yeah. We need more Bukele's quickly before he falls off of plane. Yeah. Right. And, 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 but, but there's so many people on that message now and Bitcoin is driving. And, and if you just look at the people on Bitcoin and kind of his, his message, it would be hard to drive a coup in that country without, because now it's out in the open on why. There are people down there just feedback from the, the the boots on the ground. There are people that are concerned about it. You know, it's 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 been a big uh, sea change. Uh, when I say people, the commerce where they're, uh, you know, they've been uh, um, by law, they have to accept Bitcoin. Now, the good thing is, you know, it's you 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 have a choice. You you uh, can pay in Bitcoin or you can pay in U.S. dollars. Um, you know, the neat thing that, that that struck me though, guys, is is just the growth in their GDP, uh, if they could uh, turn remittances into, uh, you know, rather than losing the 20% from the Western Union and the, and the other payment processors take uh, by getting it from the United States back to, uh, to um, uh, El Salvador, you know, that's, that's 20% fees that adds 
up to 4%, if I'm not mistaken, 4 or 5% of gross domestic product that they can increase right away. I mean, as a pure financial guy, looking at that, I mean, that just makes so much sense. And there's no, um, you know, on that metric alone, there's no arguing that it's actually such a better system for them, uh, for 6 million people of which I think up to 4 million are unbanked, right? And they're airdropping $30 into these citizens' wallets. To me, it's just, it's so beautiful. Um, you know, it's embracing a technology. He has the guts because he does have, I think, over 80% of the popular support, which is awesome. But you will see it, Jeff. Um, I've been on a, a spaces call with uh, Lord, uh, yeah. apologize, yeah. the Lord from Tonga, Fusi. Okay, unbelievably great guy. Um, look, they're a, po they're a population of only 100,000 and change, but their GDP, their remittances as a percentage of GDP is the highest in the world, okay? And he sees it, he can do math. Um, and he also understands the power of the Bitcoin community. You know, we, we talked about different ways that he could uh, uh, fund a Bitcoin treasury investment on behalf of his company, a country rather. And, you know, this stuff is all Michael Saylor was started it, but politicians and central bankers, well, the treasuries of, of um, progressive central banks are saying, Hey, you know, I could do the same thing. I can issue fiat bonds and I could put Bitcoin in my treasury. Wow. You know, and they understand the math and the fiat contract or the bond is a fiat contract that's programmed to debase. So lots of great conversations going on. I think it's already, uh, I, I hope Jeff, you're, you're saying before he, uh, he not, I, I can't remember which words you use, but this is, uh, this is already ex extended in Central America. And now you're seeing Mexico and Brazil talking about it. I'm not predicting this is going to happen, but there are a hundred and is there 180 fiat countries of which only seven of them are G7 countries and the others are, you could argue, are, you know, further, quite, quite a bit further down the totem pole. This is, uh, this is going to happen in my opinion. And this is the, this is the leapfrogging of corporations. And then the corporations and the hedge funds are going to be like, well, hold on a second. You know, I, I don't want ever want to be left out. So it becomes circular and it becomes unstoppable as a, as a global uh, uh, movement. And the Chinese, you know, the mining in China is just another example of why this is good, because the network didn't fail. The, the power is shifting from east to west. You can't argue that China is an open uh, and free market in many cases. So the miners moving out of there is a good thing. So it's amazing. I'm so happy I don't care about Bitcoin price in the short term, because I'd be really scratching my head why the price isn't absolutely skyrocketing here i know the reasons it's not and that's such a good thing for people who have a chance to stack more bitcoin right now because the people that are stacking right now are the people that are that can see the future including you know el salvador we don't want it to run away from el salvador we want them to be able to get some bitcoin in at extremely cheap prices and reap the benefits of that very gutsy decision yeah I mean, I, just again, I think it was such a watershed moment for that announcement because now it's, it's, it's like the, is it the four minute mile, the five minute mile, you know, that, yeah. that kind of situation where it was impossible and then someone does it and never, everybody does it. Like if you had that conversation around a dinner table that some country is going to make Bitcoin legal tender in the next five years, people would just say you're crazy, you know, stop drinking the Kool-Aid, Jeff or Greg. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> but now that it's been done, people in those chairs making those decisions are like, well, well, hold on, I got to look at this. What are the benefits of doing this? What are the incentives? And it's almost poetic. And I don't want to overdo the critiques of like U.S. foreign policy in Latin America or around the world over the last hundred years. But it's poetic that, let's say, the people who are not necessarily most served by the existing system that predominates globally, those are the ones that are actually more in a better position to make that decision and make that shift and have the benefit of crew to them over the next 5, 10, 15, whatever it takes for the others, the laggards to actually make that shift. And it's poetic that, that you know, all that benefit and that value will accrue to them and they'll be able to claw their way, to your, use your term, Jeff, further up the totem pole to a more, you know, more developed, to more equal position to the others. And the laggards, you know, unfortunately, and I think Canada's in that category, may fall behind in relative terms, you know, so... But I, I, I think we're all, this is one question I wanted to ask you guys, and I kind of touched on it at the beginning, but, and we've been discussing it, and this is going to be a poorly worded question, but I'm just, I'm trying to put my finger on, because if everything feels different now, and of course, you can just look and say the announcement, and, uh, you know, of course, and, you know, it's a big deal, but I'm not, and you mentioned the price, Greg, like, I'm not sure, and I don't care about it either. I think it's wonderful that it's, it's, it's uh, down and I'm not going to let you away without you explaining how you know, why you know why it is doing what it's doing. But I'm just, I'm having a hard time getting my pulse on, on where things are at after this. I mean, it seems like the doors have just been blown off, but not many people realize it yet. And everyone's just scrambling, like, you know, politicians in Latin America are scrambling and, you know, the big, big money interests are scrambling. I mean, what, Jeff, what's your impression of just about like that inflection point from the conference? Have you, have you, you know, grappled with it and articulated what's different? Um, so to us, nothing's different. Same game board, just accelerating to the, to the price, the amount of FUD coordinated response to try to slow this down has been, it's staggering. And actually El Salvador it created a need for there to be a more coordinated response. In fact, probably the China mining shutdown. If you just forecast, Preston said this just privately, which is, he said, you've been talking about uh, China uh, kicking mining out for a long time because, because it's you incompatible. Have I have been long, yeah. long time, ever since I started seeing Bitcoin, because it's incompatible with the communist, uh, communist stock doctrine. You cannot have. Um, uh, money that's controlled by people, right? You can't uh, that individual rights and freedoms around what happens in money. Free market survives, and that is against author an authority and authoritarian state. So you have these completely opposite um, framing. So how society should be, uh, how so society should work best. In my camp, in free free market individual. Uh, uh, the free market delivers the best benefit to uh, to all and gives you an opportunity to have a better uh, um, better services for your population. But that's largely driven by a free market and the innovation that comes from a free market. There's another ideologue, which is a communist camp and everything else that no, it should happen. The state should run it. But but when we look at those two ideologues throughout history. It, it shows what happens when the state concentrates all power 
you lose that innovation in your economy and you have to essentially you lo you lose your ability to innovate because the state can't make those decisions fa fast enough so you essentially concentrate all power in, in in the hands of very few now today's world because we have recency bias people would argue that point because they're looking at china through a lens look at the innovation in china but that is a very short uh, lens to look at without the realization that no country on planet Earth has ever created as much debt to GDP as China, how fast they did. So they have 300% GDP, debt to GDP. And that's forget about the black pools of not things that you're not counting and kind of off balance sheet everywhere else. That's the known number. And you can grow relief with that type of debt. You can lever up really fast. And you can make it look like a miracle, free market miracle. It is not close. It's a concentration of, uh, of power. Now that has to go away sometime if any sort of free market uh, reigns. Bitcoin would impose that free market discipline and take the money from, uh, from the state. They cannot have it. And so you're going to have a whole bunch of this. And, um, and, and so you really have two competing ideologues. Free market or state control. Those are the at the highest level. That's what free uh, Bitcoin is free free market on the other side. And I want I want to be careful because that's black white. Um, what I actually think the only difference on, on on kind of Bitcoin. I think it's a bunch of people in Bitcoin that look at the power in the state today, and they're measuring like the state would have that power on a Bitcoin standard, and they wouldn't. What would happen is that politicians would have to tell you the truth on taxes and you would have a vote, you would have a true democracy instead of what, what it looks like uh, um, today, today where everything's hit, hidden. And as a result of that true democracy, I, I said this a number of times, I want a firefighter on my, in my, in my uh, city. I, I'm happy to pay for a firefighter and I'm happy to pay taxes uh, to do that. I want, I want a certain amount of services. I just don't want you to lie to me. I want integrity. Doesn't seem well, like much to ask. Yeah. But Jeff, I want to ask you two things about that. One, you know, I lived in China for a decade and I'm aware of all the critiques of the China system and economically, socially, politically, et cetera. But one thing that was impressed upon me when I was there is that they are so pragmatic. Like I, what I saw knowing Chinese officials and all that kind of stuff is they were outwardly ideologues. Under the table, they were pragmatists. And what I can't reconcile with the Chinese mining situation is why not just co-op the miners if you're the government or, you know, siphon off the hard money, kind of what they do in the gold market. You know, China is one of the, the largest producers of gold, but they don't export any of it. They keep it all for themselves. So why not do that? And then they get all upside from owning this asset. Cause I don't, I don't believe they don't understand it. Obviously they do. That's why they're kicking it out. That's what you're saying. Uh, I don't I know why. The very, I think it's for the very reason you, you say. China has very long-term ambitions, very long-term, and they see that the, the, this is taking away that power and distributing the power to citizens instead. And it's, it, takes away an it takes away an advantage that they have today and, and, and so, so I, I believe that that's why. That's why. But why not keep the hash power and lean on the miners to, you know, pay the piper or something like not let it be distributed. 
um, motorbike yeah, in the back. It, so a, a, a potential scenario on why um, is the same potential scenario as why Jack Ma started to speak out against this and he controlled Ant and they shut down Ant Financial's IPO because they realized if, if Ant Financial's IPO with that many transactions then tied into Bitcoin, good night. Chinese one is over. And by the time it they had no and and actually got pulled they want the digital one they want they want control of this and they want to control that narrative the uh great uh jeff that's beautiful and 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 there's an uh i i'm gonna butcher this saying but i think there was some north american politician asked a very senior chinese official uh well, what do you think about the success of the American experiment, uh, implying, you know, since independence and how the U.S. and and he goes, we're not certain. It's too soon to decide, right? Their their planning is is so long term versus, uh, you know, the the North American culture versus the Chinese culture. But I wanted to add on something that Jeff mentioned, and you know, so I believe both of you guys, if certainly Jeff, you've been on this uh, podcast in Canada, the rock star the group, the two Croatian yep. kids, yeah, Nick and uh, the great guys, they're actually over in Croatia right now. And they, uh, they, they're Croatian. Uh, they, they have a place over there and they're so passionate about Bitcoin. And he sent, Tom sent me a picture today of uh, a group of people that were, they were trying to talk about Bitcoin. And, you know, he, he basically, his summary was so excited of the people that grasp it, but still most of people just dismiss it outright as, as, as some sort of Ponzi game uh, scheme. And there's so much work to be done on the education front, you know, and, and that is true around the world. Um, you know, we, we are privileged in Canada. Um, we, we, we have, by and large, pretty good freedom of speech. We have very high levels of education. And even there. We have so many people that outright just believe the professors of the world. So, so this guy down in Stanford, David Duffy, my God, you know, he was on there with uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren on a Senate banking committee. And then you get Steve Hankey at uh, Johns Hopkins. I mean, these are just so outwardly disingenuous people. So you wanted me to hit on a couple of the reasons I think Bitcoin hasn't rocketed like it should. And by the way, you know, nothing should happen if you increase your or you lower your time preference let's talk in 20 years is always what i say but you know some of the things you know elon musk unfortunately is still a very influential person within uh, uh the investing community let's say and 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 the marginal purchaser of uh, uh, uh you know a new asset will listen to uh, what elon says well he goes negative you get things like uh, the GBTC unwind. I'm not sure if you guys are following this, but there's a huge uh, supply of, uh, you know, the, the pocket trade amongst hedge funds was to uh, to uh, raise money, new issue at NAV, and hold it for six months, get an immediate mark-to-market gain because of the premium that GBTC was trading at, but you were locked up for six months. So the last part of that uh, trade is rolling off. The guys that were promoting that in the hedge fund community were some big, big influential guys. This guy Cuppy, um, you know, he he called it the gift from heaven, and he has a number of followers that would just go in and they love the mark to market gain. Well, as you know, nothing is ever free. There's never free money. Uh, this trade came back to uh, to to cause some mark to market pain now for these guys. So there's a bunch of Bitcoin coming out of that trade. 
Um, you had the Bitcoin, the, the miners, the Chinese miners that certainly some of them were selling. They had to pay for uh, uh, some, uh, you know, operating expenses, the difficulty adjustment, et cetera, et cetera. Let's just say that I'm really, really uh, <clears throat> amazed at the resiliency of the, of the price. And that's a very good thing because I think smart money is in there. I think, uh, you know, you look at some of the on-chain metrics or whatever, if it's old wallets that are buying, well, then you talk to guys like uh, Nidig and uh, the number of people they're onboarding. And then, uh, you know, just uh, anecdotal evidence in the community that I'm involved in. You're, it's very surprising to me, the number of people that actually are involved now, and they're not making a big deal about it because they don't have a very big weight, but they own more than zero. So who knows, um, you know, this short-term price uh, discovery, again, it's going to be in, it's all a rounding error in the long-term. Um, the good thing is that uh, uh, we have seen this adoption of uh, essentially 6 million people, right, that are going to be onboarded, uh, it, it, whether it's 100 million or 150 million people that are currently in Bitcoin right now it's still such a drop in the bucket compared to the 1 billion that there will be in, in the next little while. And, and that's the type of network effect that Jeff is so uh, familiar with. I'm, I'm learning it. Uh, but then that's when it just goes uh, parabolic, right? And even if it doesn't, what does it matter? It's, it's, it's providing opportunity to the lesser developed, less fortunate all the people that are punished by this inflation environment, 40% of the U.S. population does not own their house, does not have equities, does not have hard assets that will appreciate with inflation. By and large, they have maybe $10,000 in cash in the bank account for short-term emergencies. And that's what's being debased. That's the population, the lower, less privileged population that's being impacted by this, uh, these, these uh, treasury policies. And, you know, that's all it takes is education is help the, uh, the process get adoption with, you know, people like Jeff and John yourself, who've, who've really like I'm new on the scene. It's, it's amazing. I, I got invited on uh, Max Kaiser's orange pod, uh, pill pod or whatever the other day. And it's just people now reaching out to me saying things like, well, thank you for the education. I'm like, wow, I really, really am flattered and humbled um, I believe in this passionately and I'm doing this, uh, Jeff, you've said this before, I'm doing this because I believe it for the future. Um, I've been privileged, but I worked hard for that privilege, right? I had no money coming out of university. Uh, I didn't even have $250 to apply to more than one U.S. business school, but luckily the one that I did apply to, I got into. I'm not saying I was by any means underprivileged. The point is you work hard, get rewarded for your uh your hard work at times. And right now, all I want to do is make sure that our kids have the same opportunities in front of them uh, that I had in front of me. And uh, that includes not just our kids in North America, by the way, though, it includes kids all around the world in South America and in these lesser, uh, less fortunate uh, countries. Yeah. You know, I, I think we'd all agree that Bitcoin is as close to inevitable as a thing can be. You know, it's very resilient to whatever attacks it may encounter. But to both of your points, and, you know, and Jeff, you talk about this quite a bit, it's the problem is, is that as the fiat system unwinds, it necessarily requires, requires more, more authoritarian influence to hold it together, right? And so the reason why I bring that up is, do you, 
I'm assuming you both feel is, you know, the reason why you do this stuff right now and all the other educational work you do is like time is kind of, it, it matters, right? It matters, it matters how, how quickly things go because the, how badly things could get as a result of the attempts to, to hold things together, you know, could be very, very ugly for, you know, if it, if it drags on too long. So, amen, John. And, and, and by the way, I got to be careful here because a bunch of the, the toxic Bitcoiners are also friends. And I totally respect their, their opinion. And I'm not going to tell them not to do that um, because everybody's entitled to their, by the way, and more and more so as I'm in this space as a, as a maxi, I, I understood like some of these people have been in it for a long time and fought the hash wars and everything and fought. And, and so I totally get how you hear the same thing over and over and over again, and you're just tired of it. Yeah. And, and so I, but here's what I try to do. I know, I know the system actually has way more power than we believe it does to most people. And what that means is people, it's easier to believe that if you're, if you're getting crushed, if you're the MSNBC crowd and you're getting crushed and climate change and everything else, it's easier to believe in a cause from the government, believe that narrative. And, and then they point it. It's not your fault. It's that big, it, it's, it's Google's fault or it's Facebook's fault. And all that does is cause more disruption so you can get away with more printing. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to tax these people. And really what we're going to do is we're going to hide more inflation we're going to pick your pocket more to keep the existing system in check and con consolidate power. Here, why I, I try to be really careful on, the, on, on my messaging is because I know how much power the system has. I, I, I know what people that don't have anything will do to get something. And they'll lean into the same thing that's picking their pocket to be able to, uh, to, to get something. That is the natural re relation to all. Uh, let me get a little bit more philosophical or, or kind of tie this into something else here. I think actually throughout history, if you look at the hero's journey, right? The stories that matter the most to us before we had written word. What that was signaling is somebody going up against a system for all the right reasons, kind of finding, finding their way through. And because of that hope, when they survived out the other side, we celebrated them forever. Every great religion is around the same thing. Everything is, is around the same thing. And so we still carry these stories and, and because they feel like the right stories and we're celebrating that. that, that. Um, but most of those people die, right? Most of those people die. And that's actually why we said, because, but what it's saying is kind of the human biology it kind of, it must be evolutionary biology to, to say, because otherwise if everybody died, we wouldn't survive as a species. And so that, that is in our genetic makeup that we feel that we want to celebrate that hero going up against the story, going up against that tells me that we're actually, that's what we want. We, but will most people do it? The truth is most people won't. They hide in the, they, they, they hide in the relative safety, what they think is the relative safety of the state, where it's actually the most unsafe. And, and, and what that gives is state more power to, and I'm not saying this is, a, I'm just saying 
grams it. I'm not saying that's no, happening you, in Canada today or anything else. It's just I mean, it why don't more people why don't more people stand up? Why yeah. because if five or ten percent of the population stood up, then the state would topple immediately. So why and more people don't stand up in Russia? And why why does uh, 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 why does one or two people and they get jailed? Why doesn't more why don't more people stand uh, stand up and 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 it shows you what this looks like throughout history it shows you what it looks like that's what it looks like throughout history and it looks like now can you imagine that control with artificial intelligence and robotics good luck standing up that's what bitcoin is to me right now and all of us that are doing this this is why i spend my free time here i don't make any money this isn't what i want to make this i'm not trying to create a business here um, why did create free time do, doing this is I think that's what we're doing standing up for Bitcoin. I think, and, and as soon as it's strong enough and it's moving, I'll just back into the shadows. <laughs> um, but that's, but that's actually why I do it. I do it because, because it's standing up and it's making my voice count among every, all the other voices. I know that's why you do it too, John. I could, I could care less about the money. I, I care, I care about that uh, statement uh, and, 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 and it, and, and so, but I think it's inevitable, but I don't want to count on it being inevitable because I know how much, uh, I, I, I know by us, when it's so confusing to a lot of people and they seek relative safety, being arrogant on it pushes people away. Well so, said, you know, the uh, interesting thing is don't forget the same people that don't have uh, these assets are also just been given money by the government a short term. Uh, so just as an aside, this, uh, you know, I am a partner in eight Irish pubs in Montreal. And so some of them are reopening in, 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 in amazing shape. And one of the ones that's, um, that's actually the strongest that's blown sales out of the water uh, compared to the last four years is actually in a, in a working class neighborhood in, in Montreal called Chateauguay on the South shore it certainly wasn't a uh, an affluent uh, area, but uh, you know the very working, hardworking uh, class. Uh, they those sales at that pub are meaningfully. When I say meaningfully, like thirty percent above last year's uh, or two years ago's results. Even though we haven't been open for a full month, basically because that population was uh, was you know rewarded, not rewarded, but uh, uh, granted a uh, substantial. Uh, benefits package now that's i'm a capitalist with a heart i understand the need to take care of your uh your citizens in the lower rung but that's why right jeff i mean people aren't going to vote against getting money put in their bank account it's just counterintuitive to them even if they don't uh they don't understand it so yesterday was july 4th in the u.s and uh I saw I was reading some Twitter things and I learned as I always do in Twitter I learned quite a bit one guy sent uh, something around that showed uh, the dec not the Declaration of Independence, but the people who actually signed that they would fight. And were there 56 freedom fighters or something on that, along that nature? And, and, and Jeff, you mentioned, and most of them did die. Some of them, you know, survived, but most of their families were taken prisoner. Uh, their houses were burned down. These were the people that fought for, the, for what uh, independence was in the U.S. And if you read that, yeah, that's an example that the U.S. fought for something that uh, required people to sacrifice their lives. Let's knock on wood uh, that it doesn't get that way because you and I on stage, all three of us on stage, I think we were universal in our belief that we don't want the fiat system to collapse overnight. 
fiat is good for a lot of things, uh, you know, it, for barter, for international, uh, you know, uh, replacing barter for international trade, for, uh, for being able to uh, provide short-term solutions. We unfortunately just have reached a point where the debt spiral or the debt burden is too large to ever tax our way back to, uh, to having a fiat system that isn't programmed to debase and then even more unfortunately programmed to debase at an accelerating on an accelerating scale. So the second derivative, which is always in any uh, in any calculation, the most important, it's accelerating. The debasing of the fiat currency will accelerate. Again, it's only math, but you don't want it to explode. You you absolutely don't. You need a parallel system that exists. You need fiat U.S. dollars for currency transactions, for uh, balance of trade, etc. You need a store of value as an alternative. So don't store your value in your cash, but use the currency to, uh, you know, facilitate international trade and whatnot. So I, I'm hoping that there will be two parallel systems. Perhaps it's uh, a little naive of me, but uh, I'm an optimist on that front because, uh, uh, you know, nothing happens overnight. And if it does happen overnight, unfortunately, it may be quite disruptive to the stability of society and to our uh to our, uh, you know, peaceful way of life. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I mean, the analogy I always used is if you need to do major renos in your house, right, your ceiling is leaking and you got a hole in the floor and all that kind of stuff. Well, you don't want to tear down your house because then you're standing on the side of the road with nothing, right? You want to put up the scaffold and, you know, fix it while you still have some utility with it. And that would be great. Foss remains to be seen if, if that's going to be a possibility. I mean, we'll see. But I'd like to ask you both something, Jeff, back to your point. I mean, the interesting thing about, let's say, the archetypal hero, which we are, we're all called to that archetype in our lives. That's why these stories have so much power. Uh, the funny thing is, is when they exist, well, actually, even in story, because the stories are a reflection of that process playing out in the real world, they're not seen as the hero when they're alive, oftentimes, exactly. right? They're seen as a hero in hindsight. And that, I think, is one of the tragic um, elements of people's perspective, perhaps throughout history, but certainly today is what they will inevitably see. And the, the hindsight bias is, is so powerful and, and the, the status quo bias is so powerful. And it's so difficult for people to see outside the status quo and they're only permitted to do so, or it's easier to do so in hindsight, right? When, when, the, when history has played out enough to realize that, you know, whoever was a hero and not a threat, because the threat, the, the archetypal hero is a threat to the established order. And yeah. most people rely on established order for safety, for comfort, for security, you know, for security, for maneuvering through life, you know, in a way that's familiar enough for, to do so successfully. And so when a, when a threat emerges to that system, uh, even if they're explicitly there to upgrade it, there's tremendous amount of distrust because there's so so reliant on the existing system. And so the hero is often only interpreted in hindsight. And as you say, the reason why the hero often dies is because they are seen as a negative disruptive force rather than a redemptive force. And that's, that's the conundrum of, of I said to my I said to my wife before I wrote the book, I said the most likely event here is sometime after, uh, after my death that, uh, that, uh, that people realize that this is true. The most likely event is that that we have to plan for 
that nobody wants me on their boards anymore because I look like a heretic. And so, so it, it, it turned out completely opposite. I can't believe it turned out completely opposite, but, um, but based on that, based on what you said is that, that I fully realized I had to do it anyways from, from, uh, uh, from, from that. And that was a probability even today when if 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 you said today natural forces took over and government said i'm going to stop printing there is nobody on the planet that would see deflation as an abundant future they would be talking about the deflationary depression not the thing i'm talking about the transition to get to the other side in the book uh, once we get to the other side so so if if governments didn't keep printing to the point is we need the fiat currencies around for uh, for for a while, then and and or let's just play a play a war game scenario. U.S. Uh, U.S. says uh, we're going to stop. Um, U.S. dollar would strengthen a lot, and everything would collapse. And then they come in and and kind of as people no we don't want deflation, and then they come in and 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 nationalize the banks. And everything else and that system would carry on and it would give them more power because everybody would scream for you to do something right so the the point here is if you understand the long arc of what we're going through in this transition i fully well i fully don't hold the existing system how human beings will react to that <laughs> and what what some of the th uh, threats are and still, so to Greg's point, we need a transition mechanism. To your point, we need a transit. We need a new system to take uh, to to to, uh, to take that through. And I think that's what Bitcoiners are fighting for. I think that's actually what they're they're fighting uh, for. But we also have to realize that when we think about kind of the the, if you think around the world, around how many people are left out if it looks like this group is just wanting number go up and we've just replaced this system with a new system that has different leaders, what would people do? You're empowering the state by doing so. And that's not the truth. And, and anyways, it, it might sound like lashing out against, against this, what, what's happening, but we're empowering the state by doing, uh, by doing so. And we have to be really careful with that. So, so that's why the message needs here's a way of looking at this this is true for every single person as well uh is in every country the more power you have your humility needs to go up faster for if it does not your power is, is short-term in nature it'll go away because we 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 look at people in power and we distrust them um just so you just so you know i was after the book was written I won't say which company in China, but a major well-known company in China asked me to write on behalf of China and how great they were in the world and everything else as they would, because my influence is up and okay, now I can make a whole bunch of extra money by doing so. How many people do you think have gotten that same tap that said yes? How many people no. that are public figures right now, for some reason, are sacrificing integrity and, and they're completely completely complete, hypo complete hypocrites pretty much all <laughs> complete hypocrites selling out the future of their children and others in the world for the, for 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 money for power for influence or power and and in their own mind they have done a trade 
and they, they've it's the said fiat mindset. It's, it's, exactly it's okay i can make this trade and and so for me when i see that like i i want to rage <laughs> um but but again i but i know what it looks like because because it, it was, I, these things came to me too but see jeff this is why people love you and and both you and and why not even and maybe you. that's a, and, maybe, and, well, and you and you sh- but it's, sh- sure, but again but- it's truth yeah, well, that's exactly my point. May, may, and maybe saying, you know, that's why when you go to a place like Miami uh, and you meet all these people, it's just, it's immediate because, and I talk about this a ton on the pod, but, and it does actually go back to your point about the hero, right? Like the truth of this thing, right? Bitcoin and the solution that it can represent and the freedom that it can foster and the prosperity and all these things that we always talk about, that has called forth the hero in all of us. You guys express that and giving your time freely to have these conversations and to share these ideas to try to accelerate the process of adoption and you know the transition but that's like it's it's bringing forth the hero in all of us and what i love about this space is that people recognize not only that the hero needs like some big you know uh you know big goal to achieve right the, the metaphorical dragon right the fiat system versus bitcoin there's so many great memes in the space that kind of represent that dynamic but it also calls forth the better elements of yourself and i think jeff what you're saying is when you talk about having that humility and and refining understanding and expressing your principles and your morals and your values like that is what these conversations and whether it's happening on twitter or podcast is all about we're trying to figure out what does behavior look like when it's predicated, fostered, and incentivized via a different system, i.e. via, via Bitcoin. And that's why, pe- you know, that's why we, we deride people and we say someone like Hanky, like that's a fiat economist. I don't doubt, you know, he might preach libertarianism here, but I, I'm sure he'd go to, you know, central bank, wherever, and give speeches for $100,000 or whatever the case may be. Like the, the, and, and the reason why the maximalists are so hardcore you know, say what you will about them, but they hold people to account for, for principled behavior. And that's why I appreciate them so much. And that's why, you know, it's so important what's being fostered here. And not anyone, any one of us has like a, that much of an influential say in in how it develops. We're all just participating and we're trying to be genuine and we're seeing where the chips fall. And, but we make no mistake. I mean, we are, at the very beginning stages of fostering a new culture because the money is so instrumental in in the culture that gets developed and here we are get at the very foundation of it and i think people both consciously and subconsciously realize the importance of that and that's why there's such sticklers for principal behavior and it doesn't matter who you are how rich you are your reputation if you come in and they can sniff out a lack of genuineness or a lack of humility or a lack of principal behavior or any number of those things you get the same treatment as, you know, the, the random account with 10 followers, you know, and, and that's what's so, I just, I love every component of that, but the question, there's a question behind that. And that's, so both of you are subject to this, this call to adventure of the metaphorical hero, right? And again, that's why you're here. How much, because I love delving into the behavioral and the psychological and the personal aspect of this phenomenon, how much have you both changed your perception your thinking your life ambition career goals whatever the case may be how much have you guys changed as a result of understanding bitcoin and engaging with the community i don't think i've asked either of you that question before 
You want to go first, Craig, or do you want me to? Sure, thanks. No, yeah. I, um, you know, first of all, Jeff, I, I need to say this. I want you on any board that uh, I'm involved in, uh, a board of directors, okay? <laughs> so don't be, uh, there's there's lots of opportunity out there. Not that I'm involved in uh, very many, but I certainly would, uh, would, would, would value as a, a stakeholder in any company your input. So honesty and humility is... Uh, are two very valued uh, uh, characteristics. And unfortunately, you don't find that that much on Bay Street, okay? So, you know, if 85% of the world are takers, which they are, um, on Bay Street, it's 99 or 97.5% of people on Bay Street are takers, okay? So you're just up against it, the, the giver versus taker mentality. But what have I learned? One thing, John, I have to say is there's nothing better than reading a uh, a research piece, whether it's on um, medium.com or whatever, by by some new kid who, well, I say new kid, a younger person who has uh, discovered Bitcoin, okay? And they reach out to you and they say, would you take a proofread of this? And I, I'm not sure, uh, Jeff, if I've introduced you to that guy out in Whistler, um, who's from New Zealand, you know, but the point is he wrote this paper that was just absolutely phenomenal. And he's a snowboard instructor. Or no, sorry, he wasn't a snowboard instructor. He was a mountain bike instructor. And he did the research himself to write this article that blew me away. And then you get, like Dylan LeClaire at, uh, at uh, Bitcoin Magazine, the, he dropped out of school, UVM, after one year. What was his term? He, he had had enough of the Keynesian brainwashing or whatever and wanted to teach himself. So that's what I find is, is the ability to connect with people who are, are teaching themselves stuff that's outside of the system. And I had a lot of eye-opening uh, uh, situations, you know, when I first graduated from school, like, oh my God, they didn't teach you any of this in school. Like, you know, the only thing that you really learn in school is the discipline to get through courses that they, that they impose upon you. You don't really learn that much about real life uh, events. You learn the discipline to be able to manage real life events as they, uh, as they approach you. So what am I trying to do? Um, look, I, I, there, I'm a capitalist again with a heart. Um, I, I believe that you need to be rewarded financially for hard work and hard effort. And I would never, uh, take that away from anybody who's trying in the Bitcoin community to, to, uh, advance on that front. But the other thing is that it's just for the greater good. I can't say it any better than Jeff said it. What have I learned? 56 years old, oh, sorry, 58 years old now. Um, oh my God, is social media ever cool? Oh my God, are we going to see the next, we're going to see a hundred years worth of change in the next 10 years. And knock on wood, I, I'm going to be around to see that change. And I'm going to be able to try and stick handle the, the, the various, uh, uh, through the various uh, uh, play zones, if you will. And uh, I want to be there with my kids because, you know, I've learned some stuff in, in, in 30 years in finance that uh, not everybody has learned. Uh, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but certainly uh, I, I, you learn as you go. And uh, there will be another big financial crisis in my lifetime. Uh, it's only, it comes around like a bus. Uh, the next one could be the most disruptive of them all. And there's going to need to be some big boys or some uh, some adults in the room, if you will. Um, I'm not saying I'm the adult, but at least I've seen misbehavior that I can identify uh, uh, the misbehavior that I've seen in the past. So I'll, I'll speak out against it. I've 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 learned to bite my tongue a little better, but no one bites their tongue as well as Jeff does. Um, 
you know, I mean, is when you say rage, Jeff, I don't think I've ever seen you, uh, you know, actually raise your voice, let alone get enraged. So, uh, so that's a very good thing. That's a very good thing. Don't get me wrong. That's a very, very good thing. I just do it in a different way. Like I just know somebody's motivations and I understand. I just tune them out totally because spending time with them is a waste of my energy. Um, when I, when I, when, when I realize that, so they've told me who they are, they've shown me who they are and I just walk away. Um, John, you're, if, if you want me to take a, again, I got to be careful here in kind of sounding, uh, I could not ask for more in my life. I mean, friends, family, um, wealth, when I've had nothing, I've had everything health, um, and and that came from certain advantages and the same with certain advantages where I was born parents that were parents that were loving parents like you don't know the things you don't know and you don't know where your all these decisions are informed and when I used to think that it was my curiosity that drove uh drove my success all around I realized it wasn't actually curiosity that created it it was accountability that created the curiosity I always looked at that okay every single thing that happens in my life is a is a really is a relationship i have with something else and it's either it's either my view is needs to change or um or i need to learn more i'm doing something wrong because i'm not getting the result i want and that drove curiosity everywhere and it drove and it didn't drive some people say okay i'm going to be curious just about money and i'm just going to find a bunch of mentors who did that and just be curious there it drove a curiosity in life. And that's why it, it allowed me to learn from everybody and everyone. And so, and, and as a result of that, it, the, it, like, I can't tell, tell, it would sound like I'm bragging if I talked about how deep and personal and how un- unbelievable, how, how many friends that I would, I would have. We, go, we do a, a ski trip every year. We, it was started as a family ski trip. There's 120 people on that ski trip uh, now every year that go on a ski trip. And that's kind of these events in my life. It it looks like that with just crazy great friends. So I could want for nothing. I could want for nothing else. What I see in the Bitcoin community is it matches that. It's actually more abundance. And there's a whole bunch of people I've interacted in the Bitcoin community that you, you realize, wow, these are just awesome people. I want to be playing guitar around a fire with them. I want to be having a sur. I want to go surfing on a beach with them. And you run out of time, <laughs> so it's it's the time. It, it, it's the time, and so and then now, the, how does that apply to? I was pretty sure on on my thesis. When I say pretty sure, I wouldn't have written it unless I was a hundred percent sure. But I would never say a hundred percent. So I was pretty <laughs> sure on my thesis before writing it, and that's why it was uh, re- researched that way. Right. Um, but, but how much more I've learned sharpened my ability to tell a story, sharpened different things from this community and other people adding their information, sharpening this. It's actually sometimes hard to know because we'll hear something a number of times and, 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 and sometimes we'll remember if it really stands out, we'll remember the person who did it and they'll, and we'll attribute that knowledge to them we i got this from this person but if it's soft if it doesn't register and everything else you heard it sometimes you don't even know your mind has changed and you've picked up somebody else's thought uh, that thought and this it, it's got made made you way better 
as a result of this community. So I don't actually know where the line of my book ended and the, and, and the path to where, how I could speak to this uh, today, because, because that's influenced by a whole bunch of the brilliant minds around, uh, around this story. Yeah. And I mean, I think part of the answer is at a minimum, and this applies to all of us, because, you know, we're only here because we were probably above average curiosity to your point, Jeff. I mean, other things as well, but that, that's got to be one of them. And you, because your curiosity caused you to care about the picture of the world, how you understood the world, and perhaps you wanted to understand it as, as well as possible and see the big picture as it were. And then of course, Bitcoin fits right into that and it kind of makes everything click and it, you know, we all know the process after that, but you know, you, you know, you're, you're just the fact that now as a result of being involved in this and connecting with all these people, now I know you guys have probably better things to do tonight than talk to me, but we get that outlet of talking about this stuff on a regular basis. You know, this, you know, the biggest problem and the most viable solution, we get to share our excitement, our ideas, our insights. We get to connect with like-minded people. And at least from my perspective, I found before Bitcoin or, and even, you know, before being involved in the community and stuff, it was a far more isolated experience, you know, not Jeff, it's great that you had, you know, 120 friends and I'm sure, you know, they're very close friends, but I'm, I suspect at least on some issues, you know, you didn't, necessarily line up because different people spend different amounts of time on different things and so again to bring it back to the miami thing it's like that's part of the reason why it's it's all it's so great is because you get now as a result of being in this space and having these conversations you get that outlet on a regular basis and there's many benefits of that but i think one is like how people seem so ferocious in this in this space to understand what's really going on and so the, the advantage of, of coming into this community is not just understanding Bitcoin and using it as, as, a, as your savings and having your wealth, you know, wealth accrue to you as a result of that uh, decision, but people tend to come in and change a lot of things about their lives. And that's why I asked you guys, and you know, they, they change things about their relationships and about their health and about you know, how they go about educating themselves and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like, what, what, why not clock forward five to 10 years? What happens when you have a community that's ferocious about continual refinement of their understanding of the most meaningful and important things? You know, what do you get then? That's what, that's what I mean. It takes, by the way, now connect this to something other important. That's the way my life looks anyways. And it did before Bitcoin. It looks like, I think man. the success comes, comes from that. And it looks like that everywhere. Nothing, in other words, nothing changed for Bitcoin except for it became an outlet for more of that right and 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 so so I, um so but i also see now let's connect the, uh, the the dots here to your hero's journey or anything else today the system has a whole bunch of negative externalities which must continue and there's a whole bunch of people trapped in that system and why we're on these podcasts and everything else is every once in a while there's this glimmer of something that somebody says that says ah i can put this together with this and they they you help on on onboard them i would say this right now bitcoin itself feels too abstract to get people to leave a system of they believe comfort and safety to the unknown fear of the unknown mm. 
And, and, um, and John, you would know a lot about this because I know you've done a whole bunch of reading and research and everything else. And, and so it feels like an uncertainty, where's the, where's it? And I think we could paint a really good picture of what it looks like on the other side. And we already can, we already can start to put that picture together, what it looks like on the other side, because we experience it in Miami, we experience it in our relationships and we can experience it. But what that would look like, what do you think created the United States, like the Declaration of Independence and everything else? Wouldn't it look like something at a meta level that this is what we believe in? And this is what every Bitcoiner, this is why we believe in this. And that would give, and, and that would kind of paint the picture for where that's going that wouldn't feel as siloed. And I think it would, it might, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, but, but it's something that I'd love to explore because I know that to move from something you need a two. And well, that you don't move from, from, from a, a fear-based place to another fear-based place. And so we need to paint that picture for a better, uh, better uh, hope and future. That's what Kelly is doing. Right. Yeah. And that's why, and, and, and that's why, and that's why it's such a create key leadership principle that people can do, people can do that, but we might be able through what we're doing here and some of the other influencers around the community to, to start to paint that picture. So it's easier for people to understand. We're going to borrow from uh, Ben Lobb. Um, Jeff, you remember this? Uh, so Ben Lobb, once again, uh, was the member of parliament who was on a talk show with uh Jeff and myself, and uh, he used the phrase, he goes, the, uh, the Bitcoin implementation in, uh, in El Salvador is the biggest software implementation of our generation at this point. I thought that was quite uh, profound. I should have taken a whole lot more philosophy and uh, psychology courses uh, than engineering courses in, at McGill. It would have saved me a lot of problems, quite honestly. <laughs> I've met too many... Uh, axiopaths and all these other paths that I could have identified right up front. So uh, I didn't take that much, but I learned a lot from you guys. I just wanted to take this uh, opportunity to, to show you the picture of the, of the young lady that, uh, that I met in, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in, in, in um, Florida. Okay. And now she was the lady from California that traveled to be a, um, a uh, uh, volunteer, and I believe I hope her her last name was definitely uh, 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 Spanish American or you know Fernandez or something. It doesn't matter. No difference. She was just su such dedication to the cause, and that's that's what makes me proud to be part of this. I am a pleb. I one hundred percent understand, perhaps maybe more than average of the how the financial system works, but. Honestly, you learn every single day some more of the, uh, uh, you know, intricacies and some of the certainly, oh my God, this can't be the way it actually works, but it does. And that's after 30 years in the business. So it's really, really uh, important to keep continuous learning and then continuous honesty, like question things like, you know, uh, what's the old expression? Well, why do you do it that way? Well, because that's the way we've always done it, right? Like, I mean, well, okay, that doesn't mean it's the right way of doing things, but that's the way we've always done it. And humans have recency bias or confirmation bias or one of these biases that always say, well, we might as well keep doing it the same way. Um, and yeah. so 
you know, it's it once again to to, to just to emphasize, I had never been to a I've been to two other Bitcoin conferences, never one that was pure Bitcoin, which is very important because the other ones uh, certainly uh, involved other uh you know, shit coins, if you will. the The truth is, though, this Bitcoin, uh, this Bitcoin focus was so energizing. Uh, the people that I met in the various communities that reached out to say they want to help. Okay, that's all they want to do. They just want to help. This uh, uh, a, a, a young man, that, an engineer that worked as a power as an engineer in uh, somewhere around Chicago area, the greater Chicago area, worked at one of the utilities in the, in the upstate, uh, not upstate, but uh, the Northern uh, uh, district of the United States. And he's just like, you know, I'm pushing so hard for my bosses to embrace this Bitcoin thing. And it's not gonna be easy and it's not gonna happen quickly, but I think there is this movement in enough places that if you don't forget who comes into power, the next generation that comes into power, right, Jeff, or the people that have been uh, that are so much more uh, comfortable having their life on a cell phone. Like for me, I still I, I still don't get it. Like I get it, but I'm just not as comfortable as, you know, my my kids who are just like, oh, yeah, well, I'm not sure I'll ever go into a bank branch again in my life. That's the way they think, you know. And, and so that's important. And, and this is really good for me um, because I've said it before. I'll have to say it again on your podcast, John. I graduated from McGill University in 1986 without ever having used a personal computer. And that's no fault of my own. They just didn't exist. Okay. That's the truth. So I didn't have any personal computer. Uh, in 1988, they started getting, getting more prevalent, but uh, you know, the, just the, this, parabolic adoption of digital security, digital identity, good and bad, you know, people are, the social platforms have a lot of problems. This is not what Bitcoin was about. Bitcoin was about people helping others, not knocking anyone down for misunderstanding. Sometimes the maxis, including myself, I come out and it's, it's hard print, print responses when you can't see like, if you can't see the guy smiling when he's writing this, which you can see on video, but you can't always see in, uh, in Twitter responses, you know, that loses a lot of its, uh, you know, people get their, their, the backs, the hair on the back of their neck up really quickly. So, Oh, Montreal's up two to one boys. Okay. So, um, this is good. Um, all I'm saying is I am so happy and so proud and I just can't thank the two of you enough, as well as the rest of the Bitcoin community for embracing me and my views. Um, I, I have a lot to learn, but I also bring something to the table that uh, I, I got to call out the, the system because the system is, it is designed, but it will not survive. That's the truth. It's only math. It was designed to survive for a certain amount of time until the debt burden gets to a point where it cannot mathematically survive any longer. So we have to solve it. And uh, that's, that's, that's the, my, um, uh, my incentive. And, and Jeff, I, just, I, I, I must have five different companies I want you to uh, opine on someday. And I'll go skiing with you, but I promise I won't burden you with those during a ski trip. Canada is so lucky to have guys like you two guys. Um, we're, we're punching above our weight in the Bitcoin community. We punch above our weight in, in various other uh, aspects as well. But one thing we're not really good at is actually getting out and promoting, you know, the stuff. 
you know, we're, 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 we, we, we're fairly reserved as a, as a country. Well, man, we could get this Bitcoin community in Canada really rocking. Uh, Francis Pouliot, um, you know, the guys down there that you're with in Costa Rica right now, I wish they didn't move away. I understand why they moved away, but I wish they didn't move away. And uh, let's just stay close as a community um, uh, that, that has this technology that allows us to, to visit each other on a... Uh, on a, uh, a a video screen, you know, I I, I can't tell you enough how uh, tell you how much it means to me to be part of this community. So uh, I thank you both. Well, Foss, I know you want to go watch that game. I'm going to let you go in two two seconds, but I, I just want to say, you know, we're all we're all we're all there's a bit bit of a love fest right now. But I think you know both of you guys, your experience and your expertise is highly valued, right? And that's that's an aspect of your contribution. But, but I think, you know, again, this space almost is potentially they value more integrity, genuineness, honesty, principle, behavior, all that kind of stuff. Everyone can figure out the answer to a question. You know, ex experience just expedites that process and your expertise and experience. That's why we have all these people that we, we appreciate their input because we want to not take 20 years to learn the thing. We want to take 20 minutes, two hours, two months to learn the thing, right? But the reason why this, this community, this group of people is so tight, I think, is, and, and why people like the two of you hang around and, and, and become such a, you know, a part of the family, as it were, is because of the genuous, right? Genuineness. So fast, like, you know, I don't think you, people want you to be nice. People want you to be yourself. And like, th this is, that's all that really matters. I wouldn't want you to censor yourself and not hashtag hanky panky every now and then and do whatever the hell else to those guys, right? Like that's the thing that we're missing in the world today is people being unapologetically themselves, right? And because nobody's perfect, but if you're trying to be a good person and if you're pursuing the thing that's of the greatest meaning with the greatest integrity, that's, you know, that's all, all you can ask for. Right, because no, everyone, everyone appreciates nobody's perfect. Two, two, shoot! Oh wow, <laughs> that was that was a fast turnaround. And and Jeff, I, I wanted to say something about your point about. I think it's a great point that, uh, you know, illustrating or articulating the 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 place that you're going to, I think is is would be a very powerful thing. And I also think that's why the El Salvador situation is so poetic because you know you're taking a country that is like no disrespect to any El Salvadorians, but like bottom of the barrel, right? Like one of the most dangerous co uh, countries in the world, one of the poorest countries in the world. And if you, you know, it doesn't even have can to you, be- Can you unquote. just stop there just for a second? Because what you just said, people mistake all the time. Make it, they, 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 so poor crime go together. The, 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 it's, it's a derivative of not being able to pay your family. You go to, you turn to crime everything yeah. else and look at the look at the crime exploding in the u.s absolutely it's, a, it's the same thing and so yeah. keep now sorry now keep going because we look through the lens of these third world countries with our with with our uh, up sitting on our high horse that and the same thing that created that that trend in that third world country is our high horse yeah and it and it, and it infuriates me because it's intellectually dishonest to say uh, to say that it's hypocritical to say that, well, well, the same policies are creating it now, and and that's actually why I love that experiment, 
why 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 what is happening in El Salvador? There, what you want to talk poetic justice? Uh, watch what's going to happen. It's incredible. Exactly, and and so the point is, is that uh, even if it like I don't even think we're going to have to wait that long. You know, fast forward two years and people can see it. Well, hi, hey, you know, crime is down and there's more service. You know, people have the, the market is more dynamic and people are more prosperous. And, you know, tourism has, you know, exploded and all of these things. And then people are going to be able to fill in that, like, well, where are we going? You know, from the fear of the current system and, you know, the fear of leaving the current system, they're going to have a, a evolving representation of what you could be going to. Now, it'll take some time for people to be able to supplant what's happening there and modify it for whatever their situation is. But I think the punchline, I think that's another reason why it's so such a, a watershed moment is we have, now we have the, the case study. Now we have the right. test case to say, this is how much improved things will be on a Bitcoin standard, or at least with Bitcoin being on equal footing or a, 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 an available choice to people. So, you know, exciting times to say the least. Yeah, really, really exciting times. <laughs> and and think about the time and place where we're going through. The, so so things like this don't happen in 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 lifetimes and everything. And so think about the time and place. What a unique time and place we're in. It's and and what and, and what you could do with that time. It's just an incredible time to be alive to see what's uh, what's what's ha uh, what's happening, and everybody has a, their own vote. You have a vote on Bitcoin. You have a vote every day. You get up your accountability to either learn it or don't, or uh, and and it's just a really exciting time. A really exciting time to be alive. Yeah, I mean these these are the grandkid stories, right? I mean we're we have a front row seat for one of the largest revolutions shifts in, in human history with so much converging at once and you know like you said hopefully we all make it to tell those stories but um it's i you know you, you kind of got to pinch yourself to realize not only not only just change but such a staggeringly positive potential for positive change potential for positive change yeah beautifully put well put gentlemen um gents I'm fast. I'm gonna let you go watch that game, uh, Jeff. I don't know if you're a big hockey fan, but I appreciate both your time. Final uh, messages or sign off or any anything like that before we go. Uh, for me, just uh, thanks for doing this, John. You're a, you're just a great advocate in this uh, community. And uh, by, by the way, I think you might have been was on Real Vision. You might have been my second podcast ever. You reached out to me. And so, uh, so it might not have been as good as they are late. Uh, so you had the, the rough Jeff, but, uh, but, uh, but I thank you for reaching out to me. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, man. And we, we all, uh, we refine ourselves and our arguments and our ideas all the time. So hopefully we're better now than we were then. Yeah. The uh, thing I can say, John, is thank you as well. Uh, and Jeff, I, I've said thank you to both of you, but um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I know you'll never lose your Canadian, uh, your, your Canadian passion. And um, uh, I, I, I look forward to, uh, you know, I've been involved in this community for less than, certainly less than two years. I'm going to say less than eight, 18 months even. And I just can't wait to see the, uh, the positive impacts that this will have. Uh, and I hope it to be positive for Canadians, but I don't care if it's only positive for people that have the guts to do it. Um, because there could be a flippening 
Uh, I'm not telling you, I'm, I'm pro I, I will promise you this, I'm going to start taking Spanish courses just because you need to learn it. It's such an important language in the, in the world, but um, uh, I want them to succeed. I'm going to do everything I can to help these kids from Guatemala. Um, I was on a conference call with a, with a El Salvadoran bank uh, who's uh, vice president or uh, senior vice president I was speaking with, used to work at Citibank and may have been involved in some of the deals I used to trade uh, from the hedge, my hedge fund days. So all I will say is the, 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 the penetration is, is, is there, the adoption isn't, but Michael Saylor is beautiful at, at laying out his experience in different adoption rates. Uh, if it's 150 million people that use it now, and it's growing at 2 million a, a week, somewhere along those lines, or if it's only a hundred million growing at 2 million a week, just do that math, extrapolate out we're going to be involved in, uh, we're, we're going to have this call, I, I hope, on a regular basis and celebrate the victories. They won't all be easy. Um, and some of them will be defeats. I mean, that's just the way it goes. But I will promise you this. This is the strongest community that I have ever been involved in uh, from both a uh, intellectually uh, stimulating as well as people who will stand up for what's right. My God, you know, like, love them or hate them. American HODL is one of the funnier, uh, you know, just passionate people in the world. Uh, and, and is there anything wrong with that? And, and I'll just summarize with one thing, okay? You guys may not be aware of this. I've said it in a, so I went to Cornell, my roommate from Cornell, uh, 1988, he was killed in the World Trade Center. Okay, so I've lived these days when the US has been at the at, at, at you know, challenged, and then you got the President of the United States gets up with a, a, a bullhorn um, on the top of the rubble, and whether he's Republican or Democrat made no difference. I will tell you as a Canadian, I'm like, wow, I feel confidence again. It doesn't matter that you know, I'm not part of that country, it was a horrible day in my life. And someone had the guts to get up there and say, this will not stand. Now, people could argue with the response, whether it was right or wrong. I would just tell you that one moment when I was scared for the future of the world, for the future of my family, and you got that leadership up there, I'm going to try and be part of that community myself, okay? Um, you know, it, it, you guys are, are, uh, are good friends. It will never change, not regardless of whether we're, we, we vote differently or live in different countries. I will never lose the respect that, that I have for you guys because you are real world people. There are a lot of people on Bay Street that I have lost tons of respect for, okay? And that's just because Bay Street tends to attract people that think about themselves first and then about the other, you know, their takers. And, uh, but there's good people on Bay Street too. So we will win this. And uh, with the help of guys like you, uh, uh, still 2-2, two, two, uh, <laughs> with, with, with the help of guys like you, we, we will continue this. This is only 10 or 12 years old. Got, that's the exciting thing. I've lived, I've worked three of these cycles. You know, I've only, you know, three of the time that Bitcoin's been, uh, been uh, alive, I've had three times that experience it does it goes quickly and it doesn't go quickly so measure your time in in longer time frames one year from now let's look back on this day and measure it from there we don't have to worry about where it is in a week or two weeks but one year and then increase you know lower your time preference increase your time frame i think we'll all be in a really good uh in a better spot because i like your optimism jeff i was not i was quite pessimistic about about 
the world before I discovered Bitcoin. So I can speak from experience. It, it brings hope. That's the word that you guys use. And I will say Bitcoin is hope. It's math plus code. It's truth and it's hope. So thanks again. Perfectly said, boss. Um, that's the, that's the place to shut it down. So guys, uh, I love what you guys do. Uh, I really appreciate the time. Keep it up. We'll have to do this in another three to six months, but, uh, I love you guys. Be well. Thank you. Thank you, guys. See you, Jeff. Thanks again. See ya. Thanks.